All right, I got some stuff over here for you, Jeff. Going to talk about some things going on in Nicholasville, and it's going to be exciting. Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Hello, I'm Roger Fields here with my brother, Jeff, and we are doing this podcast from Moonlight Fields event venue in central Kentucky in the heart of the bluegrass. We are both... Um, um, used to we were former pastors, um, no history of scandal, and uh, we're just having a great time talking about life on this side of the cross you know, and so, talk about some few things going on in our lives and here in Central Kentucky. Yes, some would say, and there, this is a legitimate way of looking at it, that we are still pastors in some regard. You know, we tend to think of pastor in the context of an institution or organization. But if, yeah, you think if you're of, not taking an offering, if you're not passing a plate, if you're not, then I don't. Yeah, but okay, if you're talking well, about that yeah. people that are that are helping guide others uh, in their journey and, and life in Christ. Uh, so maybe um, mm. maybe we do a know. little I bit of just ruined my whole day, Jeff. There. I didn't think of that. <laughs> you thought you were done. I think I was thought I was done. No. Well, anyway, that's 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 a thought. Well, and I know I brought this up, but I can't help it. There's it's just continual source of drama and excitement in my life is my Facebook page. What's happening in Nicholasville? And I don't know if you follow that at all. Yeah, but I'm, I'm a member. You, I'm a member, even though I don't holy live in that county. Moly! Yes. First of all, is now we're now over ten thousand people. It grows to about fifty people a day. Okay, um, but there, there's an apartment complex. I guess you okay. read this. I know a little. Well, I know, I know the the two owners ago is a good yeah, friend. Yeah, I mine. think. Yeah, I think <clears> Mom <throat> mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. He, and he, he explained. I saw, yes, I saw his he, post. He's getting where he beat up on this. Yeah. I guess. <clears throat> well, here's what happened. Okay. Was there a meeting last night? Yes, I went to it. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Tell me about the so meeting. Anyway, <laughs> there's a big complex. There's over 100 units yeah. in this, probably 18, 20 buildings. And the uh, it was bought out, new owner. And so the new owner is evicting everybody, which is very sad. They're evicting everybody. And it's kind of a lower rent. Very low, a lot of Section of 8, which means a lot yeah. of government subsidized. Okay. <laughs> Um, and what they did, apparently, you have to say this, allegedly, um, they got a lot of the, the tenants over the last year or two that were um, going to have their leases renewed. Instead of renewing their lease, they put them on month to month, telling them, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be okay, it's no big deal, you're just going month to month. Well, then what they did is they kind of coordinated all that so they could evict everybody at one time, um, and then they're going to go in and renovate this apartment complex. And from what I learned to me last night, it is in desperate need of renovation. Mm-hmm. It's actually one of the worst I've ever heard in my life of how bad these Where was the are. meeting at? It was at the library, Nicholasville okay. Library. How many people were there? A uh, small group, like 30, 35 people. Okay. Not a big group. And so, um, and I really wasn't, um, was my, my broker was asked my, me not was to. Was my I, friend there that, that owned it two no, owners ago? No, okay, no, right. no. And they asked me to speak at this, actually, you know, and um, I just not to. My broker asked me not to speak at it because as a realtor, there's a lot of things yeah. we can do to lose our license. And I just really wanted to learn and just be, kind of be a support. But uh, so the, there's one of the guys who's lived in this apartment complex for 30 years. He has lived here. He got away. So he makes this banner. The banner says, big, bold print, we do not discriminate. And it says, everybody must go. And he explains a small print that everybody's getting kicked out. But when you first look at the banner, it says, we don't, you think the apartment Looks complex like the is putting yeah, the put it up. And at first I thought, why would they put up a banner? Like, well, this banner, <laughs> pictures of this banner have gone around the world. I mean, this thing has now been on television. You know, Channel 36 was there last night. 
I mean, this has just gone crazy now. And they had to, they threatened this guy with the lawsuit if he didn't take this banner down, which, which he took it down a couple of days ago now. But it is amazing um, how worked up. I shouldn't say that. I mean, there's reason to be worked up. I mean, these are people who are being thrown out, and, and you know, they, and they they told them this. They get these notices the end of November, like the 30th of November. So mm-hmm. through December, I mean, instead of so they, you know celebrate Christmas, you've got to figure out where you're going to live. So they're not kicked out until the end of January. So it is sad. So rather than, I guess, the preferred width of just renovate a section at a time. Which is the way most people out, do it. Yeah. That's the way most companies rather that I'm aware of anyway. Take a section at a time. And in a lot of times they'll do it as leases come up, people move out, you renovate their units. So you do this as a, in a and it's a process. Well, they apparently don't want to do it as a process. So, I um, mean, the co- and the people that are the new owners, and I will not mention their names, but they have they have a little bit of a history of this. Apparently, they're, they're out of town, right? They're out, out of state, state out I of guess. state. Yes, yeah. from a neighboring state. So anyway, the drama is off the chart. Um, I mean, but evidently it's legal what they're doing. I mean, it's, what they're it's, doing it's is legal. Sad. It seems it's, like it's somewhat heartless, but it's well, you know, if if it's legal. I mean, on paper, it's legal. I think there is some discussion whether or not it's really legal when you tell tenants one thing, when you misrepresent a document mm-hmm. that you're getting them to sign. I was not aware of the earlier month-to-month thing that kind of laid see, the I wonder, work for this. See, that is a real, that's what I wonder. For, how are they doing this? Because I know not everybody's lease is coming due at the same yeah. time. How are they breaking these leases? How are they doing this? Well, that's how they did it. They've been working on this for some time, apparently, knowing they're going to do this. And so they're getting everybody on month. But boy, I'll tell you what now. Um, I mean, it's just been something else. I mean, this, this, I mean, there's other kinds of things I could tell you about what's going on on this page, but that's, that's the new drama right now. So anyway, um, craziness. Now, did you know I have a question? You know, they make Pop Tarts in Kentucky. You know that, right? Did you not know that? Hmm. I think down in Pikeville. Oh, yeah, we make Pop-Tarts. You realize this is the second time we've had Pop-Tarts in the podcast over the last Well, for good reason. It's one of the most amazing foods ever invented by man. So where are they made? I think down Pikeville somewhere. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Now That's not the only place, is it? I think it might be. Are you saying we are the... Kentucky has I will the international that. I've been, I've that. I have read that. I have read that. That was true as, as of a few years ago. There's different brands. Of, you got off-brands Pop-Tarts, too. No, so. but this is the, the, the actual. The, yeah, the others aren't called Pop-Tarts, so they're called something else if it's not a Pop-Tart. Poster treats or yeah, whatever. Yeah, right, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. you're saying the actual Pop-Tart. I'm going to have to. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. blow you away. I mean, I have to cook, throw you for a loop You're here. just now telling me I this. I mean, I know. I think you are. <laughs> Did you know that there was a controversy over Pop-Tarts because – they put out the calorie count in a Pop-Tart and a frosted Pop-Tart, like they used the example of the frosted strawberry Pop-Tart, yeah, has yeah. 210 calories. Okay. The unfrosted Pop-Tart. Which is my preference, by the way. I, I, the unfrosted strawberry, strawberry Pop-Tart. Like the frosted cinnamon, well, I think it's the only way cinnamon come, but I like a frosted. I like the cinnamon, which is frosted, and I like the unfrosted strawberry. Those are okay. my favorites. The point I was trying to make. If anyone wants to send this the Yeah. <laughs> the frosted Pop-Tart has 210 calories. The unfrosted Pop-Tart only has 200 calories. Explain that. Well, the frosting obviously is 10 calories. No, no. The unfrost. No, the other way around. Okay. The frosted. I said it backwards. Okay. The frosted Pop-Tart has 200, 200 calories. The, the unfrosted <clears throat> has 210 calories. I said it backwards. So there's more calories well, in the unfrosted is, Pop-Tart. It's some type of a dietary frosting that reduces calorie on the... No, I'm just making stuff up. Yeah. So that's... 
so I don't know. But if that was a quandary for a long time. So finally, the company had to explain the reason is because they make the unfrosted pop tart a little thicker. Yeah, well, I was going. That's where I was going with the next. Or so. they make the frosted ones a little thinner to have room for the frosting. But anyway, that was a big controversy, and I just wanted to clear that up for our. For so our there's listeners. probably one less than that. There's probably so based on what you said, their answer was there's as many calories in just the the bread part or whatever you call oh, yeah. that as there is the frosting, oh, yeah. which is pure oh, yeah. sugar. Would basically right. the whole thing is pure sugar, pretty yeah. much, or for the most part. But but we will not speak ill of pop tarts on this no, podcast. No, 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 no. Okay. So, who knows? Maybe there'll be a sponsor one day. Maybe one we'll get our first. Maybe, maybe the Pop Tart. <laughs> one of the was highlights. Was it Kelly and Kellogg or who makes the Pop Tart? I would Kellogg's? guess Kellogg's, but I don't yeah. remember for sure. But that, yeah, that was a highlight of our family vacation. Oh. Heading out to Florida with Pop Tarts. <laughs> well, that and Stuckey's. Stuckey's. Was yeah, that, yeah, that was our. Yeah, that was the lunch, was, the Pop was, Tart thing. It's kind of like I saw some post this. The Pop Tarts within this category. Someone posted the other day. I think I've seen this before. It said, "Did you realize that?" You can actually go out and buy your own birthday cake at any point in the year and eat it, and nobody checks up on that. So, so it's kind of like pop tarts. We can—that's one of the benefits of being grownups. Now we can go out and buy pop tarts anytime I we had, want. Just had so, never thought of that. That's so, true. Yes, nothing to stop you from just going out and buying your own birthday cake yeah. any day of the year. Sometime you gotta you listen to Jerry Seinfeld <clears throat> talk about the day he discovered pop tarts as a kid. How exciting oh, really? it was! Oh yeah. It's, well, that made, I got a book since you mentioned that. Um, my son Troy gave me a book, a Seinfeld book yesterday. Yeah. And it, I've just, it's, it's a thick book, but it is just a bunch of little, it's kind of like our book, little tiny short mm-hmm. chapters on random topics. And you just get to see his thoughts in yeah. like three or four paragraphs. And so there's probably one on pop tarts in there. And probably. I told you too, I got Lori bought me the complete set, three volumes Big book of the complete far side. Uh, yes, I saw your text. Yeah. That, that's I pretty mean, cool. not necessarily, so. you know, deep reading, but. Pretty fun. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so we've got this. Is so, how far are we into this? I don't know. Let's take it. It's going downhill fast. Ten minutes. All right. I have, a, I have, a, I have a, All right. I have a serious topic. Now, I told you that in the last podcast that uh, on the way to Florida, I'm reading all these posts from different yeah. groups, and I'm t- I'm just like blown away. People still believe this stuff. You know, it's like, and one of the big topics is, of course, you know, the King James Version. That's always a big deal to a lot of people. If you don't understand the gospel, you see the Bible as you're just a handbook for living. You got to live up to the Bible. Then you got to have the right version. And that's how they get obsessed with that. But one of the other things people are obsessed with is the name that you call God. Now, of course, Jehovah's Witness kind of invented that, you know, it had to be Jehovah. Um, there are a lot of people that say, you know, you can't, you don't say Jesus, you say Yeshua. Mm-hmm. Some of them say yes, uh, uh, there's Hashua, a ha- Hashua, Hashua, yeah, Hashua. Hashua. that's the Messiah. Messiah yeah. But so there's a whole bunch of discussions on that. And there's people that believe that if you don't use the right word to address God or Jesus, then you're just off track. You know what I mean? So anyway, I have a scripture for that. Okay. And when, when Jesus was in the garden, you know, he didn't call God Jehovah or, or, or Yahweh. He said what? Abba, mm-hmm. which is dead, which we are allowed yeah, yeah, to do yeah. two times, Galatians 4, 6, Romans 8, yep. 15, as you can cry out, Abba, Father, Dad, Father. Well, if it's so important that you use the Hebrew terms for God and Jesus, why are we allowed yeah. to say Dad? Great point. Great point. So anyway. I thought of that verse recently. I mean, because I remember you know, some stuff I've been listening to has really been helpful, pointing out one thing that everyone, I don't, maybe I'd read this before but forgot about it, but every single one of Paul's letters, the letters that we know for sure, are written by Paul. Of course, Hebrews, we don't know for sure. But the letters that we know for sure, written by Paul, every one of them starts out with talking about grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that verse, then it dawned on me, thinking about those ones you mentioned, that we our hearts cry out, 
you know, could have been a lot of things that could have been put there instead. You know, that the spirit of God in our hearts cries out creator, cries out mm-hmm. sovereign, cries out yeah. whatever. But the one thing it says cries out Abba father, a very emotional uh, tone to that. And the, the cry of our hearts is for a father. And, and also, um, where was this? Someone said only, only the life of a perfectly loved son can reveal a perfectly loved father. When we walk as loved children, others will see our father. Yeah. And so that, you know, I just think, even though I've heard that and I talk about it a lot too, we still probably don't emphasize enough the concept of, of God as father. I guess it's true. Um, my daughter Morgan gave me a book over um, Christmas. It's a really pretty good book. I'm just starting it. But it's called Gentle and Lowly. You ever heard of this? No, don't think so. It's called Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. And here's a couple of quotes out of it. Okay, Jesus is not, tr- a, is not trigger happy, not harsh, reactionary, easily exasperated. He is the most understanding person in the universe, the, the posture most natural to him is not pointing fingers but open arms. A lot of great quotes. Out of this, but yeah. One of the things it mentions, too, that I had not thought about was that in the, even the Old Testament where it says that God was provoked to anger. Mm-hmm. As he's provoked, but he never has to be provoked to love or compassion. No. That's his natural being. So to get him upset, you got to really provoke that. So default mode is... Yeah, default mode is acceptance, love, love and grace. Time. Even yeah. the Old Testament, even yeah. before the grace of the gospel... Uh, that's his default mode. Um, it says, another, another quote from the book is, the high and holy Christ does not cringe at reaching out and touching dirty sinners and numbed sufferers. So anyway, so I'm going to pull out some other um, excerpts as we go uh, into other yeah. podcasts. But so far, pretty good. Stuff. I, mean, the, I like the way some of the things are worded. I'm also going to, every now and then, pull out a few things from my book I'm reading, um, um, has, um, has Atheism Died? How far into that are you? Um, oh, I don't know. Not quite even halfway through it. But um, one of the things it pointed out is that 19, I think it was 54, and I should have written the notes down on this. I'm just kind of doing this off the top of my head now. There was an experiment done where they took the four basic elements of the universe and they ran some light through it and electric and all that, and they got it to change a little bit. And that was kind of determined to be the beginning of how you can create life from non-life. And so that experiment was kind of the definitive experiment forever and still in some scientists' mind is. But they've realized how just crazy weak and default that argument is or that experiment was. It, they, they saw that they given some kind of a, a protoplasm that they now know really doesn't exist. There's no such thing. And so just how now even scientists who are not believers um, who are saying it's absolutely just – not possible to create life out of non-life. And so anyway, just one of the many, yeah. many things in this book that I found totally fascinating. But pick heard, the book up. I heard a thing the other day on the uh, the story of Jacob's Ladder, you know, from Genesis, I think it's 28 maybe. And, um, you know, he has the dream at night, and, and then he, he wakes up, and he, you remember what he said when Jacob woke up, and he said, I did not realize, or something to the effect, I did not realize God was in this place. And the idea that, you know, that can be said for, for us as believers too. You know, we don't realize who we yeah. are. That And, and the, the one I was listening to made the, um, as uh, Phelan Doherty pointed out, that without a revelation that we are the habitation of God, we'll always be waiting for a visitation from God. 
there's a lot of religious circles. We're always wanting the spirit to come down. We're wanting to God to show up or all these different things like that. And we're kind of waiting and the terms change from group to yeah. group. We're waiting for a visitation. But with, and so without a revelation that we are the habitation of God, we'll always be waiting for a visitation. So we, a lot of ways believers can wake up and say, I did not know that God well, is in know, this place. Yeah, that, that's cool. You I mean, the whole Jacob thing is such a um, an Old Testament picture of grace too. Yeah. You know, the whole thing where he wrestles with this man, you know, in the middle of the night, wrestles with him all night long. He just shows up. You know, he's camping outside. He's, he's waiting. You know, he thinks he's going to meet Esau, who's going to kill him. He thinks his brother's mm-hmm. going to kill him. So he's up. So his life is falling apart, and he wrestles all night long, only to later realize he's wrestling with God, and his hip comes out of socket. God knocks his hip out, and so he just holds on. That's all he can do. He can't wrestle anymore. All he can do is hold on to God. And so at the end of it, God says, well, um, you have wrestled with God and you have prevailed. Well, he didn't, you know, in wrestling, he didn't really prevail. His hip's out of socket. He can't really wrestle anymore. He kind of got whooped, you know. (laughs) But he says you prevailed because all he could do is hold on. He gave up wrestling. And so the illustration is that when you give up and just hold on to God, that is when you prevail. Yeah. And you remember what the name Jacob means? Yeah. Remember that? You know, grabber. Well, grabber or, or cheater, yeah, 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 type of thing, yeah. and that that really illustrates the life of the flesh. Yeah, always trying to get something. Yeah, always trying to grab a hold of something, and even from yeah. a religious standpoint, trying to grab as opposed to being freely, yeah, given us. In one of the t- only three or four legitimate places where it says that somebody's name got changed uh, was changed into Israel, which means prince with God. Yeah. Yeah, um, a whole different thing. When he just and he found out that you know, Esau wasn't going to kill him, and God had worked it all out for him. So. And when you think of prince with God, what is a prince? Prince is a what? An offspring of son, God, yeah, son, son of a God. king. Yeah, son of a king. And so, yeah, um, yeah. So he changed his name, and he goes from being. And then also, the um, you know, First Corinthians talks about the last Adam being Jesus, being a life giving spirit. So I mean, the first Adam was a grasping, got to get what I can get type of. Uh, person or, uh, you know, existence and versus Jesus, the life giving spirit and transforms us from graspers. I mean, that really is a key transformative part, or at least was for me. They realize that all these parts of the life in Christ that I need to get, I need to memorize more. I need to do this more. I need to do that more. And I, I need to try to get these things and with sincere motives versus being able to just relax and yeah. see what, what what God has given. When us. our Bible college, who are considered to be the most spiritual people? People that knew the most Bible that mem- memorized the most. Yeah, there yeah. people had entire books memorized. And it's like wow. It's like I could never live up to that. You know, I mean, people yeah. memorized major portions yeah. of the New Testament. I never got to a book. I memorized some chapters, but never up to a whole yeah. book. So I guess I was yeah. lukewarm. I didn't have the whole book. Yeah, you obviously weren't on fire for God. Yeah, but that, I love Eugene Peterson's. We talk about him a lot. You know, Matthew 6, uh, talks about the section about not worrying. And it says something like where Jesus tells, what I'm trying to do is get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting that you can't see what I'm giving you or something to that effect. And that really is... I think a turning point for a lot of people. They realize, I mean, I don't have to do a bunch of stuff to get from God. God is already predisposed to giving me and has given me. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, it's well, Romans, changer. I love the scripture from Romans um, where it talks about, you know, if God's force who can be against us and said, um, um, what's the scripture? If he will not freely give, actually, one I was trying to quote was, if he will not, uh, if he will not give up his, if, since he gave up his son, why will he not freely give, give us, us all things? Yeah. He's just a giver. 
Um, yeah, I heard a phrase on, on, I think on Facebook, somebody posted this. I thought this is just, I like this simple phrase that just kind of captures something. And he just said, I didn't know I was that saved. <laughs> oh, that was really yeah. cute. I thought, you know, he said, I said, no, I was that saved. It, I mean, and we just don't know that the they think they're a little saved, kind of saved, but they didn't know they were that saved. No, I like yeah, that a lot. I've got a, we did, we just finished Christmas thing. I'll make this quick. Um, I learned recently that there's some aspects of, uh, what's, this is both Christmas and the history of our country. The, the picture of George Washington crossing the Delaware. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, sure. So you can kind of picture that in yeah, your mind. He's yeah. standing up there in the boat. He's on the front of the boat looking out. The looking yeah. out and there's a, there's a, the uh, Connolly flag with the 13 yep, stars yep. and all right, that. Right. And there's these chunks of ice in the water. It didn't quite actually happen. Like Probably that. didn't happen that way. Well, right. I've learned the, the, the one who painted that and we've seen the actual painting is in the metropolitan uh, museum in New York. I think, you know, huge deal, huge right. actual, but uh, that was painted by a German painter who had visited the U S or visited over here, whatever it was called at the time. And then went back and, um, the boat was would have been was much bigger. They know for sure, that, and that the German painter painted it. He saw some boats on the. He has Rhine a pretty River. dinky little boat in the picture, and so he yeah. he took it off of uh, boats that he saw in the Rhine River in Georgia or yeah. in um, Germany, yeah, and which was you know much smaller than what was used. Everything they George watched used flat boats. He would have not have been standing up. He would have been yeah, sitting right. down. You know, who t- does particularly that? in a boat that small, right? <laughs> you know, which right. it was it, but also the flag, the U.S. flag hadn't even been yeah. approved and created at that point, and yeah. they said he would have been. He would have been fl- uh, flying a flag, but it would have been the Rhode Island flag. I don't know how they know Rhode Island, but it's oh. a blue and blue and white flag. And that uh, the Delaware doesn't freeze up in big chunks like that. It basically free, you know, a big <laughs> flat plane and, and all this stuff. And and the other part was that the story, part of the reason we did it because the the Hessians, which was the opponents. Um, so I guess with, with the we have some listeners in the, in the United Kingdom. So with our apologies, everything's good now. We're cool now with the United Kingdom. We got it all but worked out, I think, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we're yeah. we're past that. But um, that they got drunk. That the Hessians. The story goes: the Hessians were celebrating Christmas and they got drunk, and that's part of the way. Well, that's only partially true. They were largely drunk, but Washington had sent a spy into their camp, um, and I mean openly sent us, I mean, they didn't know he was a spy, but someone in the camp got the leaders and the other men playing card games, playing cards. And the thing I read said that it's, it's proven that nothing creates among men, nothing creates more thirst than playing cards, you know? So they're gambling, playing cards and all this stuff. And they got drunk doing that. And um, so evidently that's the way it happened. So so. Washington sent a spy to the Hessians to get them to start playing cards so they would get Get drunk. drunk. Yes. Or that I mean no, I don't know yeah. if they if he saw that if that was the original plan all the way through but he sent a spy and that's so what ended car up car plane is evil so Mom K was said, right in Bible said, college <laughs> that was our door mom in Bible yeah. college so it creates more thirst than the Sahara Desert was the, was the thing I read but it it's, it just makes the point that not everything is quite the way we remember it so that we can make some if we need to turn this around and make some biblical uh, analogy you know there's some aspects of scripture that are not quite what we've always thought they were oh. that we. And we've talked about that from time to time. So. All right. Well, all right. Put simply, I'm going to give you a to pick one here, okay? Here's what you got. You got a two believers here, okay, Jeff? Believer one, he grasps the grace of God, understanding that Jesus paid the full price for his redemption, and he learns how to, um, to trust the Holy Spirit to lead him. Okay, that's believer one. All right. Believer two, attends church, reads his Bible, and serves in the church faithfully. Okay. Who do you like the best? Number one, I guess. But that's a simple illustration that yeah. we've put that we've put the emphasis 
on attendance, reading, serving. Yeah. All these rather than just grasping the truth of the gospel and entrusting God to work through that and to lead you. True. I'm, to be honest, I'm a touch uncomfortable, though, kind of. I mean, I know you're not doing this, I know but at least categorizing things, you know, people, know. you know, so I, I don't think no, we got to look at people and kind of figure out which category No, 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 I don't, be, I don't, I don't so. mean to do that. I'm just saying that I think we have, it, this is just a way I believe to illustrate that we put the emphasis in the wrong place. Yeah, I think that's true. And um, that's it. So, well, what else you got over there? A few other, um, I read this somewhere, I forgot, and then I've seen this before, but it's just been on my mind more lately that Christ died and rose and lives as us. I read somewhere it talks about that it's more than just Christ lives. In, you know, everybody will say that. Every believer will say Christ lives in me. Everybody knows that, and that's true. But beyond that, it's not just that Christ lives in us. Christ lives as us. Well, explain that. What do you mean by that? That we are joined with him like, if you, if you think of, chocolate milk powder in the, in the glass of milk and you mix it up, you can no longer tell the difference between the two. Now we are not Christ in that regard. We, I mean, his life is ours. And so he is our life. It's a whole thing of Christ as our life. And that that's a big emphasis in those who teach grace, the new covenant. And I think rightly so. And that was kind of one of the first things that my eyes were open to that the language of separation is so prevalent and so damaging, I think. You know, that that's why I don't like the phrase. You know, you can get by with it and then you can explain it, but the idea of following Jesus implies a separation, that he's there, I'm here, and I'm following him. That is very different than Christ as my life. The vine of the branches is the illustration. You know, the the, the life of the vine is the life of the branch. And so Christ died, he not only died for us, he died as us, that we were in him when he died. We were in him when he rose. We rose with him. We rose in him. He ascended. That's why it says we have been seated. So he did these things not just for us, but he did them as us. I mean, we can do things for other people. You know, if you got a speeding ticket or something, I could go and pay that for you, but that's not the same as paying it as you type of thing. So Christ died as us. He rose. He was buried as us. He rose as us and he lives as us we are actually part of his body and so that that's just that's even so much better news than just that he and, lives and there's a lot of scripture me. that really speaks to that that yeah, concept I mean, you know we can say christ yeah. lives in me but then you can still kind of feel like a schizophrenic yeah he lives in me but so do you know so does my old self well that, no that's not the way it is yeah. He's, he lives uh, as our life when christ who is our life colossians 3 says uh, we will appear with him in glory when he returns mm-hmm.